I will be reading from John 1, 29, <coughs> excuse me, 29 through 51. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is the Son of God. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and spent that day with him. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard that John had said what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas which when translated is Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, Here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus said, You believe because you told me I saw you under the fig tree? You shall see greater things than that. He then added, I tell you the truth. You shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. The Word of God.
Thank you, Dia. It's a great text. Great text. John uh, is writing this word to tell us that Jesus is the Savior of the world. He's writing this because he is an eyewitness to the life of Jesus. And he was called by Jesus to walk with him and learn from him. And as we walk with uh, John through this, this material, through this gospel, through this good news, we will remember always that this is a work of an eyewitness. At the very end of John, in John 21, verse 24, the ending is, this is the disciple who testifies these things, who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. This is the disciple who testifies to these things. Last week when we began, we started with the prologue and we started in a a philosophical place. We started with a word and a word who was with God and a word that was God and a word through whom everything that was created, everything that has been made was made through him. We talked about the Word becoming flesh and living with us. That the Word of God, through whom everything was created, came to his created things. But the people that he created did not receive him. We heard that this, this, this one and only Word is the one through whom the grace and truth... The, uh, the, the, the generosity of God and the reality of God is seen. That no one has ever seen God, but this one, this word, this one and only God who lives in the very heart of the Father is making him known. And so when you you leave those first 18 verses, you've been taken up to a height. You've 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 entered into a kind of revelation of who Jesus is. And for those of us who are, are inclined to, to live in this kind of wonderful, ethereal, spiritual world, it's sweet. But the thing that is in that prologue that marks the rest of this gospel is, and the word became flesh and lived with us. So immediately as we move along in the story, you move from the the kind of philosophical, the kind of ethereal, um, aesthetic world of John to... John the Baptist, and a river, and a crowd of people who've come down from Jerusalem to the River Jordan. And you're dealing now with people who are following John and are seeking something that they do not have. 
when when John came into the world and we don't we don't hear much about how John came into the world in the gospel of John we hear that John the Baptist came and he he is in the wilderness and he has this this message this preaching calling people to repent and people wonder if he is the Messiah. Are you the Christ? Are, are you Elijah? Are you a prophet? And to all of that, he says no and no and no. And who are you? And then he taps in to the, the text that was familiar during Advent from Isaiah 40. I am the voice of one calling in the desert. Make straight the way of the Lord. And then the reading that we heard today. The next day. The next day. Jesus is walking toward John. And John says, This is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. This is the one that I saw the Spirit descend on when I baptized him. This is the one, verse 34, that I testify is the Son of God. That's John's testimony. That out of all these people that had come, who had come uh, because they just wanted to be a little closer to God. The people that came to John the Baptist were people who were just going, I just, I just want to get closer to God. Where does that, where does that take me? Where, where, does that, where do I go to get closer to God? Do I, do I go to closer to the Pharisees or closer to the Zealots or closer to the Essenes? Do I just go to my synagogue? Well, here is, here is John. And I hear there's a voice in the wilderness and he's calling out with repentance for The kingdom of God is at hand. And I want to go and I want to get close to that. And so these people had come and they'd come from Galilee and Jerusalem and they'd they'd come down to the water. And now they hear the one, they hear the one they came to hear, the one who had baptized them, no doubt, The one who is giving them just a little hint of the age of the Messiah. They hear him saying, now I have met someone. Now I have met someone. I have met someone who is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You've been coming down to this muddy river for a baptism of repentance for forgiveness of sins true enough but I have met someone who's not just going to be a part of the water but I've met someone who is the sacrifice and the sacrifice the lamb he says I'm telling you is the son of God Well, for John, as he writes this, and he is writing this as an eyewitness, this changes everything. Because he has been walking closer to God, moving toward John, and now he hears John say, Lamb of God, Son of God, and he just moves his focus. He turns his focus 
to the one who now has been announced by John the Baptist. And you hear it. You hear it in the very next thing. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. And when the two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and he asked the question that our brother Dan mentioned in his prayer this morning. What do you want? And they asked, Rabbi, where are you staying? But it's not really staying. Where do you abide? Not just where are you overnighting. But we we hear that with the notion of where do you live? If I were going to blow that up, it would be in what context do you live? With what values do you live? With what purpose do you live? Where are you staying? And Jesus says what he's going to be saying again and again and again. And what he says even now to us. Come and you will see. Come. Come follow. Come walk with me. And if you will come and walk with me, then you will see. You won't just see the blanket that I sleep on. You won't just see the the trees I'm sleeping under. You won't just see that. You'll, you'll see your eyes will be opened in a, in a marvelous way. And so they went and they saw where he was and they spent the day with him. And it says it was about the 10th hour, which is like, I don't know, four o'clock in the afternoon. Some people think John uses the same time we use. So it's always a question. These two disciples are probably Andrew and John. In the Gospel of John, John doesn't talk about himself. John talks about himself obliquely as the disciple whom Jesus loved. That disciple. He doesn't talk about himself. He's, he's humble about that. But, but he is in this pair, no doubt, of the first to follow. Simon, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard that John, what John had said and had followed Jesus. And he goes to Simon and he says, We have found the Messiah. That is the Christ. Now, some of you know what I do in this chapter because I've, I've, we've talked about it before. But, but John is doing something as he writes this that is essentially putting all of the cards on the table. Because by, by the time you get to the end of this day, at the end of this day, what you have read in the Gospel of John are nine different titles of Christ. 
So we're not going to play who is Jesus in the Gospel of John. There is no messianic secret in the Gospel of John. He is the Word. He is God the one and only. He is the Lamb of God. He is the Son of God. He is the Rabbi, the Teacher, and now He is the Messiah. The Christ. He is the fulfillment of all of the promises of God. When you hear the word Christ, the anointed one, you need to think, in Jesus, all of the promises of God are now complete in Jesus. And Andrew wants Peter to know that we have found the fulfillment of all of the promises of God. Now if you're reading this, And you're not sure who Jesus is. This dear old apostle wants to put his arm around you as you read and go, did you see that? Don't miss that. Don't miss the word. Don't miss God the one and only who lives in the bosom of the Father. Don't miss that. Don't miss the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Don't don't miss the teacher. Don't miss the Christ. Don't, please don't miss that. And so as he goes forward, the next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee and finding Philip, he said, follow me. And Philip did and Philip finds Nathaniel. And he tells Nathaniel something that Nathaniel finds a little odd. He says, I've found this one, and um, he's Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And and he doesn't call him any of these other things. He doesn't say, this is the one that is the the word or the lamb or the son of God or all of that. He he gives him basically Jesus' mailbox address. I found the one that if you go to Nazareth and you ask for Jesus, they know where he is. And there they know him as the son of Joseph. This is as close as you're going to get. Um, So far, it gets better at the end, but so far as another way of saying he is the, he's come in the flesh come in the flesh and Nathaniel has a reaction which is basically somebody from Midland, Texas finding out you're from Odessa somebody from Dallas finding out you're from Fort Worth And saying, you know the difference between Dallas and Fort Worth. Dallas isn't less than 50 miles from a world uh, city. You'll think about that later. Uh, In in New Mexico, it was Carlsbad and Artesia. If you come from there, how could you be anything? 
A lot of my friends online this week have been reminding us that Jesus came from a Nazareth place. And that many people come from Nazareth in Mexico and Africa and Haiti. Come from Nazareth. Jesus came from Nazareth. And, and Nathaniel says, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And uh, Philip says, come and see. This is the come and see chapter. And, and, and Jesus sees Nathanael and respects him as a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. Basically, it sounds like this guy is going to tell you what he's thinking. And Jesus says, I saw you. And Nathanael declares, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus basically says, well, if you think that's something, hang around Soon you will see angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Nathaniel decided Nazareth must be a pretty great place to come from. Jesus said, you've called me the Son of God. You're going to come to know me as the Son of Man. Now, immediately... It's going to start off in chapter 2 on the third day. It's going to move along. The, the story moves along. But on, on these two days that you have here, the eyewitness John, the apostle, has seen amazing things. And what he's seen is Jesus introducing himself to the world. And Jesus introducing himself to us. And what we know is that everyone who's here needs Jesus in one of these ways now. You may not need the word. You may not need the, the word, which for the, the Greeks would have been a philosophical principle in which everything could be covered under this logos or or if you were a Jew the the power of the the, the creative and prophetic and uh, wise word of God you may not need a word you may not need to see God like Jesus shows you God I, I don't know may, but but you may need a lamb for your sins you may need to know God loves you enough to send his only son most of us from time to time need a teacher because our way gets confused and our, our understanding gets garbled. And, and we need to know not just something more about the Hittites, but we need to know something about our, our life, our being. We need a teacher. Some of us wonder if the promises of God that he makes 
are promises that he has any intention of fulfilling. And for all the ways that we may see ourselves as having been disappointed by God, Christ stands as the resolute evidence that all of the promises of God will be yes in Christ Jesus. And he is the king of Israel. Maybe you're not much about kings. But he's the king of Israel. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of heaven and earth. He is the one who brings the kingdom. He is the one who is Lord for us. And then he is that name in the directory of Nazareth. He is the son of man who is very intent, as you read at the end of Hebrews chapter 2 and Hebrews chapter 4, he is very intent on saying, I am in this world to be in the middle of life, to know what it's like to have a pulse, to know what it's like to bleed when you scratch your skin, to know what it's like to have muscles that ache, to know what it's like to have a sleepless night. I am here to feel the rain in my face and the frost on the grass in the morning. I am here to feel the desert sun beating down. I am here to live life with you. I'm here. So come and see. So come and see. And when chapter 2 dawns, we will go hand in hand with Jesus. And we will follow him. And we will see. But the one we are seeing is all of these things to us. And is you, for you today, exactly what you need today. So as we're about to stand and sing this song, let Jesus walk up and stand beside you. He stands beside you as which of ever of those nine titles you need him to be. He just stands next to you. When you look over there, you see Well, this morning I, I think I'm I think I'm going to see the lamb. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me a sinner. Today I think I'll have a lamb. But whoever Jesus needs to be to you, have him come stand next to you as we stand and sing.